What's up, beer nerds? Welcome back to season three of the Final Gravity Podcast. As always, your host here, Cousin T in the house. Oh, hey, everybody. Viking Peaches back again for another season. What's up, y'all? I decided to stick around, too. I'm still here. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Oh, he said the last name. Dropping the name. I'm going to have to cut that out again. I'm going to have to cut that out again. (laughs) God damn it. <laughs> You're giving uh, away your identity, funny. CJ. Uh, if, if anyone's clever enough to find me, you deserve to find me. And it's not, it's not really the, the pot of gold you think it's going to be. <laughs> oh, it is more than the pot of gold you think it's going to be. He's a beautiful man. Don't it's let him lie to you. It's a simmering pile of disappointment. Disagree. But we're back. We're going to try and do this one more time. Three's the lucky number. This is, we've, been, we've been doing pretty good so far. I know I made mention of allegedly. Uh, Hitting 600 listens last time we talked, yeah. but we are coming in close on 700 now. So people have been listening to our old stuff while Damn. we have been on break. I've been uh, uh, I've been telling a lot of people about it up on the mountain. So maybe some of them have listened. We should start an OnlyFans account. <laughs> a joint OnlyFans. A account. joint OnlyFans account. I mean, 600 listens. Let's make some money off this shit. <laughs> Fucking it. Mostly Fucking for you, T. Josh and I, again, have been very well taken care of by this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I oh, know, yeah. I know. <sighs> Josh, are we still doing that uh, fishing trip in Costa Rica next week? Is that? I got I to gotta ski. Uh, let's postpone that till the end of ski season. Okay. And then, yeah. and then some fishing in Costa Rica. I, yeah. I bought refundable tickets. It's God not a big damn deal. it, I hate cool. you guys. Cool. I, I didn't get refundables, but, you know, it's fine. I make enough money off the podcast. I can just throw them away. Covered. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just fucking wow. Fuck it, Bucks. <laughs> Fuck it, Bucks. God, I hate you. Actually, but anyway, if you want to su- support Thomas's OnlyFans, T, where can they find you? Uh, you know, I haven't set up my OnlyFans yet. I, I guess I've been slacking. I'm sorry. It, it uh, hasn't do been. Do better. Yeah. Try harder. <laughs> Try harder. I'm sorry. Pull I'm yourself sorry. up by your OnlyFans account. <laughs> Pull yourself up by only your bootstraps, because that's the only thing you're going to have on on your God. OnlyFans account. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> uh. um, yeah, back on season three, and uh, we were trying to decide what to drink for this week, and I kind of threw out the concept of um, something that Thomas and CJ would hate. <laughs> you did a good job um, on that. New new season, so I figured we should go with New Wave. Um, you know, we've heard us all bash on adjunct heavy beers and beers where people are, like, throwing a bunch of shit into their brew that's, you know, not following the traditional German laws of brewing. Um, and uh, But, you know, it's a very popular thing, and it's going on a lot, and there's a lot more breweries doing it, and honestly, some of them doing it decently well. And uh, it's not going away anytime soon, so we figured we should talk about it. Amen. Well, I I, right. I came into You're it. Right. You're I, right. I, I came into it thinking, and I think it's. I think we'll get more into this, and we start talking about it, that uh, we are really trying to go after um, 
what I will humbly call the dumpster fire of adjunct beers. So that's what I kind of tried to seek out was things that were just had so many sh- home, so many pieces of shit jammed into it. It's like this cannot not work. See, I, I tried to find one that I would actually enjoy. But I did, and, I, and, I, and I try to bridge the gap and find a combination. That's of fascinating. Both. You know, like I, I think it's really important to remember that 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 adjunct brewing for American brewers that's that's very traditional, right? Like corn is an adjunct, um, rice is an adjunct. Yeah. Um, I myself brew with lots of different herbs and spices, which can be considered adjuncts. Um, but uh, there is also another, and especially when you speak of new wave, there's also another trend uh, to try and find anything you can't possibly put in beer and jam it in there. And there so um, we will probably get into that deeper, but that's where I tried to seek out for some of my, for, for my, my beer selections was just like, I, 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 I went looking for dumpster fires. Yeah, I went looking well, for them. To the, you know, for the people listening, this, this was a, um, it's been a very interesting few weeks, um, I, at least in my life. There was uh, I, I got COVID. I've been skiing every day. Life's been kind of insane, and um, the whole restaurant scene in Oregon is still an interesting thing to deal with in COVID. So there wasn't the most communication coming into this season. I kind of threw out the idea of adjunct beers, and so it was kind of up to each of our own interpretations of what that concept meant as far as what kind of beers we chased down today. So uh, clearly we all went a little bit of a different route, but they are all very specifically adjunct style beers that are, you know, there's things put into them that are not normally there if you're just brewing beer. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that being said, uh, Thomas, oh, what man. you got to sip on? I got, I, got, I got a few fucking ringers, I think. And for the big... Be- for the first one that I'm going to be putting down as much as I can is... <laughs> hey, no suds left behind. Yeah, that's true. I went with the left-hand brewings getting tiki with it, the Pina Colada wheat beer. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah, so it's a wheat ale brewed with coconut and pineapple added. I would just like to take a moment to point out how poorly... I poured that. You know what? Yeah. You've done so much better in the past. Don't you work in the industry, bro? <laughs> so this came in a 16-ounce can, 7.5% alcohol, 15 IBUs, good to go from the can. And I think this might also be a – oh, it's also a nitro beer. <laughs> What's up? Uh, please tell me there's a description on the can you can read for us. Uh, left hand does make one of the better nitro milk stouts. I, I will point I that love out. left hand brewing. I've actually been drinking on one of their IPAs that my dad's had in the fridge but a lot lately. A nitro, okay, if it's nitro and coconut, pina colada, whatever horseshit, can we also admit that you don't need to put IBUs on your can? Like, no one gives a shit. No um, one who's reading that can of that beer is like, and I wonder how much the hops are having an impact on the bitterness. <laughs> So their their description is six words: a super smooth passport to paradise. Okay. All right, Jimmy. And Buffett. to those of you just tuning in, like if this is your first episode listening to us, I would like to point out, Thomas and CJ are very traditional brewers. Thomas has the Ram Heish Kebab tattooed upon his fingers, um, which is kind of why well, I, I thought this would be so fun. It doesn't matter how I pour this because um, it's a fucking nitro beer and it's just going to cascade out anyway. Yeah, you'll you'll be fine. Um, I personally, um, am a little less traditional and I drink a lot of seltzers and I've kind of been on some of these new waves and stuff. And, uh, so I figured it'd be fun to throw these two traditionalists into a world of beer tasting that they wouldn't normally even remotely go close to. Uh, in, in, all, in shorter words, Josh is a jerk. Is not, yeah. I'll, my, my traditionalism is not rooted in like, you have to do things a certain way. My traditionalism is rooted in don't. 
don't piss on the grave before you learn to walk around it politely. You know, like just like like make sure that you <laughs> just piss on the grave after you've politely walked take, around. <laughs> take a minute to that was the only phrase that could come around. Yeah. Take a minute to understand traditions we before don't, you start to buck. You them, don't you piss know? on the name on the headstone, you piss on the backside of the headstone. I don't know grave pissing uh, tradition or regular etiquette. I, I, I'm not sure the etiquette. On that I don't know. One. I just felt like that was appropriate. Like you shouldn't piss on some dead guy's name. And Josh, what are you drinking right now mm. for for this beer? For this? I picked up an interesting brew. <laughs> that was my first sip of it, right as you were asking. Um, so I picked up something from the cosmic collaboration between Ecliptic Brewing and Von Ebert Brewing. Um, okay. So it is a blackberry Meyer lemon ale, uh, a blackberry Meyer lemon ale. Um, so this, uh, let's see, the description goes. Brewed with our friends Yvonne Ebert Brewing, this Kavik yeast-fermented ale was brewed with real blackberries and Meyer lemons and finished super dry. A blend of hops, including Strata and Mandarina Bavaria, highlight the fruity citrus flavors of this refreshing beer, uh, weighing in at a solid uh, 6% ABV. Um, coming in the 16 ounce cans. This is actually a brand new beer, uh, that the gentleman that owns liquor store that I usually shop for beer at, um, when I came in, I told him I needed an adjunct style beer. This was the first one he pointed at. He just put it on the shelf like 10 minutes before I got there. So brand new beer from two breweries that I traditionally love. So nice. Von Ebert, Von Ebert is excellent. Eclipse is excellent. How's it taste, man? Um, have you, have you taken a sip yet? Have you, have I you got one yet? little sip, but let me, let me, let me assess uh, while I assess, what are you drinking on? Uh, as, as for mentioned, uh, I, I went searching for dumpster fire beers, which I know I'd be able to find a lot easier in a state like Oregon. And actually I was pretty impressed to not find a ton of dumpster fire beers when it comes to adjuncts. Um, of course the trade-off meant the wall was mostly IPAs. But uh, I did. I, I went in for the Mother Earth Brewing out of uh, out of California. They have a uh, a barrel aged stout, coconut cake imperial stout with coconut, chocolate, vanilla, and lactose. Which because That's I really despise <laughs> lactose, I wanted to see what happened here. And then as a second beer, because we talked not only about adjuncts but I think about kind of. Uh, right, we'll we'll uh, get there. Uh, we'll get there. Okay. Oh, oh, we're just gonna do the first. All right. Got, yeah. Got one at one at a time, it. like traditional tasting. Well, so Thomas, uh, how's your beer treating you so yeah, far? Yeah. Have you gone in for a sip yet? I have gone in for a sip, and it's it tastes like a fucking uh, <laughs> a, a a frozen pina colada that's been left out in to to melt, and then cooled down in the fridge. I you know I can vibe with that though. Like, I mean, I'm vibing with it, and it's tasty, but it's hey, there you go. It's it's exactly what it calls, <laughs> but I mean, like it's not quite a seven beer and a half flavor. percent wheat pineapple pina colada beer. Like, what's, the, what's wait? Did you say ten and a half? What's the seven, ABV on that? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Seven and a half is still huge. Really? That's seven and a half percent on nitro with pina colada flavors. That's what the can says. Seven point five alcohol. I mean, would volume. you drink that on a beach though? Oh, I would drink the fuck out of this on a beach. Well, okay, wait, that See, begs the go. question, what would I not drink on a beach, right? Okay. Like, that begs the question. Okay, I, I, let me rephrase that question. If Now that you've tasted it, if you were on your way to the beach in the sunshine, would you consider picking up a pack of it to take with you? Oh, I'd fill the cooler with it. 
See, there you really? go. Oh yeah. Damn. I'm I mean, jealous, actually. I mean, I'd probably just grab like four of them because it's seven and a half percent. I'm going to be drunk after three, <laughs> especially because I'm sitting in the sun on the beach. Yeah. Damn. Well, you you found a tasty one then. It sounds like. Yeah, it's good. It's just the, nice. It, I. I went over to – oh, yeah, shout-out to Brick's Bottle Shop here in Kalispell, Montana. Thank you guys for uh, – Always a shout-out. Guiding me about your, uh, your, your, uh, your beer selection to find – I did the same thing. I walked in, and I was like, hey, man, doing a podcast tonight about adjunct heavy beers. He goes, I've got some things for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't feel like I picked as well as you did. Um, I was really excited about this one. Um, it's, it's okay. I feel like a lot more than the blackberry or the lemon flavor that I was expecting. I get a lot of almost rind. Like I almost taste the lemon rind in it a lot. Oh, interesting. Um, It's like, it's definitely dry. Like they said it was, um, like in a bitter way or what? Like a pithy way? What what, what are you getting? Or, or dry. Yeah, there's just a lot more bitterness than I would expect. Okay. Um, you get a little bit of that berry on the sides of your tongue as it kind of goes down the back and get the lemon on the back end. But you get, you know, I mean, if you were to imagine biting into a lemon rind and not getting all the lemon flavor, it's, it's got a lot of that kind of dry rininess to it, in my opinion. Um, and I don't know if that's a blend of the hops and then actually having the lemons in there and it kind of just doubles up on a certain amount of that. Um, I was expecting a little bit sweeter, a little more there um but i was going for trying to pick an adjunct heavy beer that i would actually really really enjoy and something that would be nice and refreshing coming into uh these warmer months and i kind of failed that task (laughs) the only (laughs) thing i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna drink this four pack of them because no suds left behind but i don't think this is a beer that i would reach for again well, no offense, Von Ebert and Ecliptic. I do love a lot of your stuff, but this was not my favorite. Not, love you, John. Love you, John Harris. Not love a top Harris. pick, huh? Not a top pick. Not a top pick for uh, me. I, I will say about this 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 pina colada beer that I'm I'm drinking, like you would almost have to freeze it for it to get cold. Like this has been sitting in the fridge for the last five or six hours. Like I brought it home warm. And, like, the nitro part of it, like, almost makes it feel like it's not even cold. It's weird. I get a little cough syrup on this also, actually. Oh, a little bit of that, uh, 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 like that ethyl alcohol type or, uh, yeah, dark, dark fruit, cherry, cherry cough syrup type shit. A little bit, yeah, a little bit of that going on. That's a bummer. I, I, I really had high hopes for what you were drinking because I love both those breweries, Josh. I did, too. Uh, I did, too. Um, um, yeah. I, had, I had high hopes for that idea. <laughs> Can't all be winners. They cannot uh, all be well, winners. And, I mean, Blackberry Lemon, that just sounded like a fucking combination right there. Oh, Jesus, sounds but. amazing. And then with the Strata Hops, with the, uh, the, I think they went for the, um, you said the Quebec yeast style, too. Like, I well, was and I will say, it's a little warm right now, so I'm hoping maybe the next one that I crack open that's a little colder might be a little more what i was expecting but um because temperature plays a huge factor josh in flavor. did, did you true. get more than than one or did you just pick up a six of uh one particular adjunct heavy i just picked up the uh one four pack okay of these guys yeah again that was that little bit of a lack in full communication on what exactly we were doing there but um, well, you know, when we yeah. when we take you know a month off and people get sick and people have jobs and people don't do <laughs> it all day long, um, 
being that I don't do shit, CJ works all the fucking time, and Josh got sick. Um, and I ski a lot. And you ski a lot. But it's good, it's good for everybody. I think that summer is going to be uh, a lot better for us, like, moving yeah. forward from here, though. Well, and with summer coming up, that's kind of why I wanted to do these, because there's a lot of these adjunct-heavy beers that have, you know, a lot of these berries and a lot, like, you know, strawberry puree beers and shit. I'm like, well, fuck, like... A lot of people are going to be drinking that all summer. So I saw let's, a Huckleberry beer find. on the shelf, and I was like, mm, "There's just not enough other stuff with it for me to." Well, I mean, justify. there was always the uh, the Huckleberry beer from Great Northern. Um, oh, what was that, that was called? Stupidly popular in Montana before they closed down, that, and that was what was that called? That Huckleberry Lager, or whatever they called it. Um, oh shit. Uh, <sighs> I would say I just remember mad at us, but they're not open anymore for us to get. I would just, I, I just remember they were always hucking people instead of icing people. Right. Oh, the beer, yeah. that, that, that beer can go to hell and die. I'm sorry. Oh. Like, like R.I.P. Great Northern, dude. Nothing, no disrespect to that brewing operation. Love those guys, but oh that my beer God. can that go beer to hell and die, fucking... dude. Well, in well, that order. I don't even know what that was called. Anyway, CJ, how's your beer tasting? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do we got? Yeah, Siege, come on, man. I'm drinking. I'm drinking Mother Earth. Like so, the, uh, the 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 best adjunct beers I could find at at Marcus Red and Whitefish, where I live, um, were adjunct heavy imperial stouts. Which, guys, it's springtime, and I just I, I can't grab every adjunct heavy imperial stout right now. But I grab Mother Earth out of California. Uh, I think it's what is it? Coconut, coconut cake imperial stout. Is what Ooh. I'm drinking. An imperial nice. stout with coconut, chocolate, vanilla, and lactose. And it's 11.8%. Good now, grief. Fuck <laughs> me. Good grief. Bye, CJ. So I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> sipping it. Uh, Fucking goodbye. I, I, I'm going between disgust. It, it, honestly, all right, let me, let me just hit this right here. Honestly, it's like getting a milkshake at any drive-through fast food restaurant. The first sip is incredible because your mouth your mouth hasn't felt that much sugar in a long time. And the second sip is disgusting because you're like, God damn, what am I doing to my body? And the third sip, you're like, maybe I can make peace with this. It is cloyingly sweet. It is like shoving 10 mounds bars in my mouth at the same time. But I it's love not mounds. Bad. It's not bad. I love <laughs> mounds. Just- I mean, I, smells, I enjoy a good Almond Joy, too, but I don't... It smells like coconut nail polish, but it tastes oh, God. like a bounce bar. I, I'm just telling you what it is. Like, coconut nail polish? Is that even a yeah, thing? Dude, the, 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 the alcohol is all over it. It's so hot. And at the same time, there's so much soft coconut to it that it's like, all right, cool. Like, this is dope, you know? Yeah. Um, this is this is heavy. I, I, I wish I'd grabbed something else. <laughs> I was, that that was right. the other thing, is like looking on the shelf, I feel like stouts and porters... Mm-hmm. Are so easy for breweries to jump to as something that they're going to adjunct with, right. like doing the chocolate stout, the peanut butter porters, the right. like cake things and stuff, and uh, the peppermint porters and shit in the Christmas time. Um, right. Well, you ain't wrong. I mean, like even just like if you so, look at, if you look at the general flavor descriptors of just stouts and, and and porters before we had you know this kind of major craft brewing trend. Chocolate, coffee, toffee, yeah. caramel, It's smoke. super easy to jump to there those adjuncts. All these wonderful flavors that can blend. So that know? was one I was specifically trying to avoid is I wanted to drink uh, a more adjunct ale or like a lager or something. And 
you know. Um, All right, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna break out this bad boy for the but, next go yeah, around. Yeah, you went you went straight to the fucking heavy hitters. Well, I only had I only had two choices. I had really honestly, I had Breakside Salted Caramel Stat, which I've had before, so I wanted to remain somewhat objective. And yep. I had this Mother Earth beer. Um, that was really what Marcus had in terms of what I considered to be there, high adjunct gimmicky beers. There, you know? there is um, a, a a Breakside beer in my quiver of beers this evening, but it is not that one. And I, I will. I look forward to seeing. Can I be honest? Like, I bought this in a 16-ounce pounder can, dude. This this is a 12% beer. It does not need to be a 16-ounce pounder can. Good God. And that's me saying that. Like, Jesus. this beer is not bad. I can no, that's feel... that beer that when you go into a tap room, they pour it in the smaller right. sifter because you don't need this I feel the natural flavors in this beer, but that, that, it's not bad. It's just like. I don't want the rest of this. <laughs> I've had this experience and thank you for that. And I'm done, you know? And and that brings me to my next beer. What you got on tap next time? Oh God. Yeah. Here we go. Are we ready? The dogfish had campfire amplifier. Yikes. A milk stout brewed with graham crackers, cinnamon, marshmallows, cacao powder, and vanilla beans. I feel like I've had a variation of that one. Not with quite all those things, but I'm pretty sure I've had something very similar to that from Dogfish Head. So that's basically the s'more. um, It's It's a s'more stout. It's a a s'more stout. stout. That's the s'more stout that uh, Fred was going after, except made with all the fucking adjuncts that we recommended not using. He not use, yeah. Uh, Sorry, Fred. Sorry, Fred. Uh, 12-ounce bottle, 6.5% alcohol by volume. And guess what they didn't list was the IBUs, because who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Who no, there was cares? no IBUs listed wow. on this one, but I'd actually be really curious Zero to see what they say about it on this bitch. Zero head retention. I poured it, and I even poured it shitty. And like, yeah, it's it smells like campfire and someone melting chocolate on graham crackers. It's a great smell. Love that smell. Aromatically fucking delicious. Okay. I feel like Thomas won. This night, um, just saying. He got bricks. Bricks hooked him up with some good stuff. Yeah, I went. I went in and talked to the the, the fellow beer and sommelier nerds up there, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, yeah, this is definitely the one." But also, like, dude, zero head retention. Like that does not lend me to believe. Oh God, I really hope this isn't completely flat. Okay, no, there is CO two in solution surprisingly not as uh viscous as i thought it would be it it definitely cleans off the tongue but you can taste all the residual sugars hanging out um on your tongue it's just it's not a very uh not not a uh, what's the word i'm looking here for cj uh not 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 a whole lot of big body to it i mean it kind of uh diffuses very quickly as far as um like how much sticks to your tongue uh than aqueous what are you thinking of yeah it, it's more aqueous than i was anticipating okay yeah it's it's hmm. for for especially for the amount of adjuncts in it and the the lack of head retention i thought it was just going to be like trying to drink you know molasses out of a tree and it's not i mean i'm does it uh does it taste that. like a s'more yeah, it, it literally tastes like s'mores and a little bit of campfire. Hmm. 
<laughs> who's doing who's doing this beer again? Dogfish head. Dogfish. Where are they out of? Uh where are they? New Hampshire, right? Let me grab the bottle. I think so. New Hampshire. So, uh, interestingly, I, d- I did a little more research. Uh, they're claiming my beer is a 55 IBU, um, which actually I think is about right. Um, but that's a, lot, uh, that's, that's a lot of BUs for that kind of fruit character. Maybe that's what's drying it out for you. It's, you I think so. Um, that's a pretty high hop presence for that kind of a, style. It's a hefty beer actually, for this what is, it's supposed to be. This is quite interesting. Uh, bottled, or brewed and bottled by Dogfish Head Craft Brewery, Milton, Delaware. In collaboration mm. with the Boston Beer Company. Oh, uh, yes. I, I don't know if that mergers. I, I'm pretty sure there was a merger between Boston Beer and, and Dogfish. It's, are, oh, kind of like the Deschutes beer? Boneyard merger. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's that's happened. Is it Boston Beer also the uh, the owners of Sam Adams? Yes, that's yes. absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, sure interestingly, this is actually part of a uh, series of beers. Uh, their Cosmic Collaboration line of beers. So they did this one with um, it, it's from Ecliptic. They did this one with Von Ebert. They did a Vienna style lager with oh, nut Brewing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, they did a cold IPA with Wayfinder. Of course they. Oh. Did. <laughs> hey now. I want to try that one. I Kevin. too want to try that one. Kevin Davies. Kevin Davies. Kevin Davies. Right. Um, the, the old cold IPA. Um, no, I mean, I, I, uh, that, that's, it, it's interesting. That's actually I mean, a good I, beer. Yeah, that's a good beer. I would drink those in like the middle of winter in front of a fire's place on a bearskin rug, like Burt Reynolds style naked. Sounds pretty go. nice. I'll, sounds I'm into good. that. But it's also almost fucking May. So, why, so wrong why, season. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing me back around to me trying to buy a beer appropriate for the season and unfortunately buying one that I don't thoroughly enjoy, but. Super good, though. I think this would be a good one, though, like for someone who likes a hoppy ale, for someone who wants an IPA, but they want, they're, they're not quite looking for that full, juicy, hazy IPA thing, but they're looking for something a little more fruity and more in that direction. This would probably be a really good beer for someone like that. I am just not that dude. I'm not a huge IPA drinker in the first place these days. It's not what I really reach for. Um, and so then to take a beer that I don't normally drink and then add a bunch of stuff that I don't normally drink to it. <laughs> it's just a weird combination for me. Right. Is, um, it, is, I it, could, is it marketed as an IPA, Josh? Is that is it on uh, the can as an IPA? It says or? ale. It says ale. ale but, but, fi- but, I mean, 55 IBU. 55 IBU. IPA. I mean, 55 IBU and 6%. Like, um, this, yeah. I, I, I can picture the customer I'd be selling this to. Like, if I had this on tap at the bar, there's a lot of people that I know I'd put this in front of them, and they would absolutely love it. Um, I'm not that person. Like, I actually, to be fair, like, I know I kind of chewed them out from the get-go i wasn't really vibing on the beer i it's a decent beer for what it is i definitely see the person who would be drinking this and loving it um i'm not that person this is there i i do there's a lot of um those kind of the mango days pale ale for example from um silver moon brewing company it's a super mango heavy flavored pale ale i drink the 
fuck out of that. We usually have it up on tap on Bachelor, uh, sitting on the patio in the sunshine. One of my favorite beers to get up there. Um, and I like these kind of beers in that way. This one just uh, kind of missed the mark on me. Copy. Yeah. Yeah, there's that like lingering sugary mouth. Yeah. Oh, that's just that stickiness that yeah. you got a lot going on in yeah. that feeling. Yeah, CJ, how's your beer treating you? Speaking of that, it's sticky. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm done with it. You know? Like Frodo Baggins, what what is this and why is it sticky? I am. I'm. <laughs> what um? Okay, so while you're suffering through that, what's uh? I'm curious actually because I know it's not really what you go for much, but what is like one of your favorite really heavy adjunct style beers that you've ever had? Oh, oh! Look, look at him! Look at him! I can smell the smoke from here, and we're like thirty miles away from each other. Uh, there are some great ones out there. There really are. Um, honestly, <laughs> I just don't know what any of them are. Not. <laughs> honestly, honestly uh, I would give a fa- I would give a shout out to Founders Kentucky Breakfast Stout if you can find it. It's pretty fucking fantastic. The maple syrup uh, and barrel aged combination is, God, is usually pretty damn wonderful. It. Um, I have pretty good. I have a version of that beer as my next up. I mean, Omega there's the, uh, oh, do you really? I almost, I almost grabbed. Omega well, there's a uh, Rogue Brewing does their Voodoo Donut, beer. right? Yeah, yeah. Oma yeah. Gang does a beer. They or they did a, started doing beer in 750 this last year with the Game of Thrones thing where they did something with fenugreek. It was like an imperial. Oh, brownie I had that one. Bubble. Yeah, that was a that really was good beer. Fucking exceptional. I had that whole um, Game of Thrones lines actually at one point. When we, when we talk about super, super heavy adjunct beers, I would say that Boulevard or um, the brewery out of California as well, I believe uh, close to Paso Robles, um, does some great things with adjuncts that don't feel cloying. Um, I don't like things that are that feel like, I mean, what I'm, what I'm drinking right now, it's got kind of a wonderful mechanic to it, but the more I drink it, the more I hate it because it's just heavy. It's just, it's just, it's just really a, heavy. There's nothing playful about it. It's, it's just a, like, oh, did you want coconut and chocolate shoved down your throat? Here you go. It's like that, a, It's like that free steak meal at the strip house. Yeah, it, it's it's a that's a that's a fantastic. No, that's a good steak right there. Is what that is. <laughs> um, I said so there's free one steak, actually, not uh, free buffet. Wild Ride, uh, Wild Ride Brewing up in Redmond, um, just north of here, they have a really good uh, peanut butter porter, the Nut Crusher peanut butter porter, that on a cold winter day when you want that thicker, heavier beer, it tastes like you're fucking eating a spoonful of peanut butter almost, um, which isn't what I normally go for, but also, if you take that beer and you put a scoop of chocolate ice cream in it, and you make you know your adult version of a root beer fo- float with chocolate ice cream and a peanut butter beer. A root beer fruit. <laughs> a fruit, a fruit of the root beer. Um, no, that's a really good combination, right this, there. Uh, um, this dogfish head beer would make a great, like, beer float beer. Like, if you threw like a scoop of fucking vanilla ice cream up on top of that, yeah, yeah, I could vibe with that. that. And that's one thing that these kind of beers are really good for is like doing that stupid shit that like you would never do that with an IPA. You'd never get, like, your vicious mosquito from some river and fucking throw a scoop of vanilla ice cream in and be like, this is how I'm living my life. (laughs) I hate myself. I hate me. I don't like me anymore. And even, you know, a more less adjunct-heavy porter, right? Like, I would never go and grab, um, 
like a black barrel from Deschutes. Uh, or like the Black Butte, uh, the Black Butte Porter from Deschutes. I would never go pick up like a standard Black Butte Porter and be like, yeah, I should add ice cream to this. <laughs> if that's the first thing that hits your mind when you taste a beer, <laughs> like, first of all, I think you should you should seek therapy. Well, I need therapy for a lot of other reasons. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Well, Thomas, same question to you though. What's uh, what's one of your favorite adjunct full-on beers that you've gone for? I, I, I don't have an answer <laughs> to that question because I, I usually don't. Um, <laughs> this being the guy with the fucking knuckle tattoos with of the, the yeah, with the <laughs> German purity law tattooed on his fucking hand. That okay? You should be very clear. When you say German purity laws, <laughs> it should be very clear you're talking about beer and not other things. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not talking about, like, Aryan or uh, uh, the Third Reich here. Okay, I'm, I'm talking about the, the German beer purity law. This, 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 there you go. This, That's a very important distinction. We are not having distinction. a conversation about World War II. And I'm not going to go any further than that because I'm just going to put my <laughs> fucking foot in my mouth. Uh, the birds aren't real. The, the pigeons made World War II happen. Oh, my God. They're watching you. There, there was one beer at Bricks today that the guy showed me. Uh, I forget the name of the brewery, but they, they named it after a pigeon that lurks around the brewery. And the beer is called Lurking Pigeon. Uh, my brother would love that. My brother's all about the birds aren't real shit. Yeah. <coughs> Did you know um, there have been no deaths on any other planets in the solar system, but birds only live on this one planet. So, you know, clearly birds are the cause of every death. I... What? Math. <laughs> Science, physics, Darwinism, and in that order. People have only died on the planet that has birds on it. Just saying. People have only that's died with literally logic. everything that's on this planet except water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just poked a big old hole in your theory there, bud. No, it's one of those, um, oh, what is it, the correlation is not always causation style arguments, but it's just this funny chart. It's like planets in the solar system. Um and it's like, yeah, planets in the solar system, number of deaths per planet. And then the next one is, has birds, yes or no? <laughs> it's like, clearly, <laughs> we found the problem. <laughs> so you take Schrodinger's pigeon and Schrodinger's planet and you put them in a box together. Yeah, perfect. Oh, my God. I'm going to move on to my third This year. is our um, back on to the podcast topics here. Uh, this is our first time ever doing a uh, stream on Twitch while podcasting. Do we actually have people listening to us like right now in this moment? Uh, there are a few people following us on Twitch right now. Um, I will give shout-outs to them real quick. Uh, my buddy Stone Dog Entertainment and my buddy Critical Thought from a uh, Discord channel. Uh, go follow both of their... They're Twitch streams. Uh, we're trying something new this week um, and maybe this season and going forward with doing live streams. But all of these episodes will be available as per usual the week following when we record. So if you're watching live with us right now, thank you for joining us. Otherwise, if you're listening to this when it's released, thank you for 
getting down with us on a, on another Spotify or Anchor or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to us. Well, I'm I'm also curious. Wait, can we like communicate with them? Like, they, can they type to you? Yes, I do have a chat open. So if anyone would like to have, so uh, you two that are currently watching us live, I am one. Do of you them. have any? What? Uh, what? Nothing. You're one of them. No. <laughs> okay, so uh, homies watching us live. Do you have a uh, adjunct beer that you quite enjoy? Go ahead and type that to Thomas and Thomas. And I will relay that, aforementioned yeah. question to you. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I, think <laughs> I don't have access to the Twitch stream because I don't have fucking Twitch. But I think I think a few of them are are, are just lurking right now to uh, to give us some followers because cool. we're so new to this, and I appreciate you guys doing that. Much appreciated. Uh, and it, it's a Twitch thing. They're not lurking in a creepy way. They're lurking to to get us followers and to. <laughs> Uh, perpetuate the the future of this channel. So thank you. I dig that. I dig that. that. Mad mad props. Um, yeah. In the interim, though, I have moved on to my third beer, which CJ, you pointed out the the founders beer that you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I believe, a uh, a version of that. It's called Panther Club. Ooh. And it's a porter with vanilla extract and maple syrup aged in bourbon barrels. Okay. I'm into it. What's that label look like? Can you you flash (laughs) that label to the camera there? Uh, Further to – yeah, there we go. There it is. Oh, I've seen that on shelves before. So I want to think this is like their, uh, their joke on Sex Panther from Anchorman. I would like to hope so. <laughs> it is a 12-ounce bottle. Man, I can't imagine how much they pay for these, like, custom embroidered bottles that just get not even recycled in this fucking state because we suck. That's why you pay $14 a bottle for it. <laughs> Holy shit. 9.2% alcohol <laughs> by volume, a 2021 release, bottled on... February the 5th of 2021. Which, by the way, this was canned on 4-9-21. So this was only canned That's like fresh as shit. 11 we, days ago. We have talked about how the freshness of beers takes a while to get here. Which is Sorry, why 13 this, days ago I did my math wrong. Which is why this beer is two and a half months old. Getting to us. Yeah, that's about right. You live in. You just happen to live in one of those states, man. I'm blessed. Yep. Our skiing's still open. We got great access to beer. It's sunny instead of rainy in the spring. Mister Mister Fancy over we here. We still have to wear masks. <laughs> Ouch, man. We don't have low blow, Don't have dude. the live concerts low right blow. now. Low blow. <laughs> I'm super jealous of the concerts thing, though. One of my fucking best friends, well, not best, like a really good homie of mine, um, Ben Gerald, is playing at the Remington. This weekend. On Friday and Saturday. And I'm fucking jealous because I have been wanting to see him live forever. And, and I uh, will go and say hello to him for you. I think he ought to. And then actually he's coming through Ben uh, the next day after that when I'm probably going to be dealing with my reaction to the second shot of the COVID vaccine. So that's fun. Dude, hi- <laughs> hydrate up. Eat your vitamin C. Hydrate or dihydrate. Wow. Well, okay. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, but so, hey, by the way, anyone listening in Whitefish, you should definitely go to the Remington on the 25th or 24th and watch Carol. Uh, unfortunately, awesome by the time this comes out, the shows will be passed. You should go back in time and go watch this concert. If you could go find yourself an Emmett Brown. Yep. And I'm not talking about a brown ale. Uh, go find yourself Doc Brown and get yourself a DeLorean. Travel back in time that show. to 425, 2020. 424. 424. Well, he's playing two days in a row, isn't he? Uh, I think he's doing 23 and 24. Okay. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I have to go up tomorrow night anyway to uh, meet with my buddy Tristan, who does the Star Wars podcast, also on this Twitch channel with me on Mondays. Um, so if you want to hear me bullshit about Star Wars, tune in Mondays. Hell yeah. Sorry to cross-promote. This... How dare you. I just cross-promoted a fucking outlaw country band. That's fair. That's fair. I tell you what, though. This Panther Club smells awesome. Yeah, how's your Panther? How's your uh, Sex Panther? I mean, Panther Club. 60% of the time, it smells good every time. It smells really good. It smells fucking delicious. Yeah. That's definitely a little bit more clawing than the uh, 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 the dogfish head that I had earlier. But it's good. It's damn good. I drink the shit out of this in wintertime. If it wasn't May. Almost May. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the thing. A lot of these beers are really good for winter. There's I mean, a lot less good adjunct beers for summertime. Oh, yeah. Toasty, roasty, vanilla. I do get a little bit of the maple syrup. You definitely like a nice uh, uh, thin profile for the for the uh, the bourbon barrel age because sometimes I know bourbon barrel age beers can be like very barrel forward and kind of squash yeah. a lot of the other flavors. Um, no, this is this is great balance. This is great balance. I would definitely nice. drink the shit out of this again on a bearskin rug in front of a fucking fireplace. It's a good place to drink a beer. It is a good place. Although, generally, I will say, if I'm drinking on a bearskin rug in front of a fireplace, I generally prefer bourbon. So that being a bourbon barrel-aged beer, I think is appropriate. Yeah, I would definitely also agree with that. I would probably also be drinking bourbon. Does that one still have a lot of that kind of uh, sweet, sugary residue aftertaste? Yes. Very much so. It's yep. uh, it's almost <laughs> stickier than a dogfish head. Damn. Yeah. My my. Yeah, it's it's definitely yep. like mouth flappy. Speaking of sticky beers, CJ, how you doing? Yeah, you've been you've been quiet for a while there, bud. Well, I I, uh, I had to finish that fucking twelve percent coconut cake stout. That was that was a lot. That was a lot. I'm, I'm sure. A, I'm getting ready for for. Uh, Another adjunct beer that is uh, just something that I've picked a bone with over this last year. I've got some uh, Voodoo Ranger from New Belgium. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. That that whole Voodoo series has been quite I intriguing to me. It's been up and down. It's been up and down. It's and been I've a taken, thing. I've taken my fair share of stabs at it. So I figured tonight I would pour some in a glass after a fucking coconut cake and figure it out. <laughs> All right. Well, talk after to us, Goose. After fucking up your taste. And just see, just see what happens, so. Yeah. Talk to us, Goose. What do you? Well, I, what do you I, got? I'm just, I, I, I've been prepping. I've been prepping. There was just a whirlwind of flavor and alcohol and 
just so much chew that I'm I'm, I'm still still getting ready. <laughs> you got like a nice Rainier or something to wash that palate with, like. <laughs> That's why I no, keep a seer bat in your bag. I have some North Coast Brother Thelonious Abbey Ales to wash my palate with, which hey, there you go. Interesting choice. Now, oh, Jesus, I know I you guys and the beer community may jump on me for this, but I've actually been using Bush Light for a palate cleanser recently. Go fuck yourself and die. Hey, it's better than <laughs> Budweiser. It's better than PBR. Disagree also disagree. Uh, with the pbr one uh equal to the bud <laughs> mm, i mean I know, I, I, we we did our uh cheap beer blind taste test and you know we all kind of had different opinions but i i there was legitimately a difference in a lot of those little beers um oh yeah uh, when, the fact we, that i pulled montucky cold american, snacks and, i should have gotten bush light for the crappy american lager but you know what uh i bush light's not one that i'm reaching for on the shelf but I can honestly say I've drank a lot of Bush Light up on the mountain because it's been in a friend's cooler. So, sure. I you, it, it's super easy to drink, and before you know it, you're three deep, and it's only four and a half percent, and all you have to do is I pee. still, I'll still reach for a Rainier first every time. But I mean, I'll go Miller High Life, but I'm going to visit one of my buddies in California next month, and all he drinks is Bush Light. So I got to. You're you're prepping. Heard. I'm prepping like my, my. You're, you're acclimating yourself. I'm, I'm psychologically yeah. and physically. Well, the nice thing myself. is, when you go down to California, you're going down an elevation too, so you're gonna fucking drink those assholes under the table. God, I hope not. I but I did tell him that if I died, to just throw my buddy in the throw my body in the Pacific Ocean. Okay, you realize how impractical that is, right? They walk out on the beach, they toss you into the waves, and the waves push you back on shore. They have to get me out past <laughs> the rip current. Actually, they well, have to so get me. So now in. they need to get a boat, right? Like, you're telling them to go rent oh my a boat God. just to go it's, dump it's you in the in ocean? It's in my fucking life insurance policy. Take a boat. That's a hefty will, bro. <laughs> I don't ask for much. Let the fish eat me. Just give me a fucking Viking funeral. Put me on a Viking longboat. Push me out into the ocean. Shoot me the flaming arrow. Is that so much to ask? Is for? it really that hard? <laughs> Is it really that difficult? God. CJ, how's that beer? Um. Now, which Voodoo Ranger is this? This is this is this is the Juicy Haze IPA series, which is read been... us. Read us the description on that bad boy. Well, from my understanding, it's made with their their hefeweizen yeast, so it's made with their 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 Germanic yeah. yeast that the, the New Belgium uses, and uh, it's got spices to it. So I'm going to go ahead and assume coriander and, and orange peel, and then the hops are Cascade, Chinook, Simcoe. Um, it's you know what? Honestly, I've talked a lot of shit about this brand about New Belgium being the hazy IPA brand recently and the voodoo ranger brand has not impressed me it's it, it's probably my favorite one right okay. off the cuff it's probably my favorite one it just sounds like a lot uh, um, it, it, it's kind of it's got it's got a it's got a pretty burly flavor profile but it's a pretty damn good white ipa okay and i haven't seen too many of those out around right now i would just and, imagine that 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 hefeweizen strain is thoroughly stressed out from all of that stuff the yeast presence is medium to high, but it's not distracting from the hop the hop profile. Okay, so that's pr that's pretty amazing. Um, so a little uh, a little isoamyl acetate for banana and stuff. I get some banana. I get I, I definitely get some clove, but then I also get this kind of cascading feeling of grapefruit and pine, which is pretty fun. And um, 
no okay. again this is this is a weird I, i've talked i i'm fully admitting i've talked a lot of shit on this brand and a lot of shit on this concept of what i thought to be one of the better belgian breweries uh in terms of modern american packaging coming into the hazy brand and just trying to really uh we, we we can make a hazy ipa too it's pretty easy you know they didn't do well in my opinion they didn't do well for a long time this is kind of tasty um i actually wish this beer was a percent less alcohol i wish it was six five it's and then i could I, I could crush this shit so it's big too it it feels it feels a little heavy, but the only heaviness fe- comes from the alcohol. It doesn't come from the yeast. You know, it's just uh, I wish the beer was a little lighter in, in terms of alcohol, and I'd rip it apart. It's kind of fun. It's kind of a fun beer. Clack. Josh, are you doing something over there? I'm drinking more beer. More beer. More, more of the same beer. More, more of the same beer. I'm so excited. Is it? Is this? Is this a little warmer? Is this a little bit warmer? Uh, or a little no, bit colder? this one's colder. 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 Okay. So I am excited to see if the the temperature makes a difference. Yeah, I was gonna say. So now, over time, since you is this your second or third? Second. Okay. I'll be I'll be curious to to ask you about um how you feel about this one uh, as soon as I go pee. Also, I would just like to point out, I'm pretty sure it's the beer, not me. Wow! Yeah, wow. That's, that's a lot of head retention there. But it's actually well, that's a lot of head, CO2 outside of solution. The head stays up, um, but it di- I mean the head goes up when you pour it, but it dies down relatively fast. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not very. It, it doesn't have a good retention. It just is foamy to pour. Hmm. This is one of those ones that you would have a lot of waste spill just from fucking foaming over when you're trying to pour it in a pint glass off tap, like. And you don't know why, and you try to depressurize the keg, and it still just pours foamy. I hate beers like that. They're the bane of my existence. Beers, beers that light in terms of what's left behind. Like, I mean, if they if they calculated their sugars with that fructose that's being added with the fruit and things like that, um, those beers don't leave a lot for CO two to rest upon. So when you're pouring them, they're always going to be aggressive. They're always yeah. going to be t- tough to pour. I um, you know, ha- have a similar problem even with just sour beers and just things that naturally you know have removed all their protein from them. If this was labeled as a sour beer, I think I would have liked it more. Interesting, interesting. You know, just because you have that perception going into something, like when when you hear what you're expecting something to be, you you come in with an expectation. When the second you said sour, this honestly tastes a lot more like a sour. Than it does like a IPA or something like that, and maybe that's when they—I mean, when they call it an ale, maybe they were going for more of a sour ale. And if that's the case, it makes a lot more sense flavor-wise. Um, okay. Okay. Which to me, in my head, that's just not what I thought it was. Intriguing. Right. Um, but yeah, drinking it, it, it like going in with the assumption of like, yeah, this is gonna be like a pale ale IPA type thing. I was disappointed. But if I had gone in with the thought in my head of like, yeah, I'm drinking a sour ale, it would make a lot more sense with the flavors. Good grief. Panther Club will fucking wreck you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's interesting how our preconceived notions of what we're expecting affect our experience. Oh, 100%. 100%. But I do think it's kind of funny that, um, you know, I've – 
kind of came up with the topic for this episode, knowing you guys aren't huge fans of the uh, adjunct style. And you both found <laughs> beers that you've been thoroughly enjoying, and then I picked this beer that I'm sitting here like, man, why did I do this? <laughs> because this was your idea, and that's how karma works. <laughs> Ouch. Just whack my hand on my desk. Oh, all right, so on to my fourth and final beer for the evening. I don't know why I bought four. It's better colder. <laughs> I'll give it that. Pour it at a colder temperature, it tastes better. And thinking of it as a sour, some of that back end like uh, flavor and texture I was getting fits a lot better with the sour profile than it does the like pale ale profile. Still probably not buying another pack of them, but <laughs> I've improved my experience by changing my mindset. And on to my fourth so, and final your, uh, beer for the evening, uh, the Breakside Chocolate Grasshopper Milk Stout. Yikes. I've had that one. Milk stout brewed with cacao and nutmeg, aged in bourbon barrels, and conditioned on Palo Santo wood. You know, that stuff that you burn to get bad juju out of your house? My house only has good juju, so. I'm just saying. (laughs) That's what Palo Santo No bad juju allowed. It's actually on the door next to no solicitors unless you're selling Girl Scout cookies sign. Um, Yeah, no bad juju. And no solicitors unless you're scouting Girl Scout cookies. Well, it's like the studio I used to walk into that said, leave your ego at the door. I'm oh. not allowed in that studio. <laughs> <laughs> Bad shit comes with me. Actually, it was uh, preceded by beware of attack musician. Beware of angry drummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm curious about the. I'm curious. I've never seen... A beer put on Palo Santo. All I, I all I've ever done is burn Palo Santo to make my room not smell like a gym locker when girls well, come over. You know, it's a good cause. Because the... how's um? Have you gotten a sip of that beer in yet? Not yet. But this is this is now the third dark beer that I've had today, and again head head retention not so good on all three. But... But, uh, generally, I feel like dark beers have a harder time with a head retention. Like Especially a lot of the like ones that we get on tap in the crammed into time, these like, things. Even if it's just a standard dark beer, a lot of the ones that we put on tap at J Dub generally don't hold their head quite as well. <coughs> smells good. I just so remind, it was a uh, chocolate milk stout aged in bourbon barrels on Palo Santo wood. Actually, that is fucking delightful. Jesus Christ. Holy fuck. I'll, uh, I'll get you the description again real quick. Uh, yeah, milk stout brewed with cacao and nutmeg aged in... Oh, I'm sorry. I can't read. Aged in brandy barrels and conditioned ah. on Palo Santo wood. Interesting. Mm. 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 All right. We sound like a <coughs> bunch of old men trying to pass kidney stones. Well, that's what we're going to be someday, the way that we drink. You're but... damn right. <laughs> yep, you're going to be able to play hockey with my liver. 
That's not something you should ever aspire to do. Though. That's that's not something you should be bragging about there, bud. <laughs> no, and I'm only 37. Oh, God, I'm 38. Fuck me. No, thanks. You're not really my type. <laughs> Honestly, this is... This what, you don't go for yetis? <laughs> no, I, I, my, my type's a little less hairy. Oh, eh, understandable. I'm I'm not like the the type to like twirl my finger through your chest hairs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, (laughs) moving on. Yeah, this is actually quite delightful. The the, talk to us about beer, Thomas. I think the the aged on brandy barrels definitely gives it like a, a nice bright sweetness. You can definitely taste the uh, the cacao and nutmeg, and the Palo Santo on it it, it it lends like this nice smoky woody flavor to it. It's very well balanced. It's very well balanced. But I mean, oh. it's Breakside, so I'm not I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. That was honestly Breakside uh, when we took our trip to Portland uh, shortly before COVID happened in 2020. Breakside was one of my favorite breweries we went to, for sure. In in no particular order, Breakside, Culmination, and Wayfinder. You guys, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> what were the other breweries you went to after I left? You know, I was thinking about that earlier today. I was just and trying to remember. Like... I honestly don't remember because there must have not been something that uh, stood out to me in that respect. Well, and by the time I pieced out, we were all drunk and hungover anyways, so. Oh, my God. Well, that, that local bar within, like, walking distance of our, our Airbnb the, <laughs> the first night, or the first two nights. Yeah. I can't believe you guys let me sleep on the couch. God, my neck hurt for, like, the next three we days did? after that. Yeah, I, like, I don't. I, I fell asleep, <laughs> like, my Thomas, I don't remember the, the whole sleeping parts of things, because, like. Well, I was not remembering shit by that time in the night. <laughs> I mean, you also went and bought that bar of fudge that literally put us out for fucking 16 hours. Dude, the fucking infomercial session late at night. Kylie just walks in like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And we've been sitting here on the couch for like three oh hours God. watching infomercials, just <laughs> laughing our asses off. So when Josh and I first got to Portland, it was before the, the third member of our party at the time had joined us. We went to a, a local cannabis shop and Josh picked up this bar of fudge, which was no larger than your typical, like, you know, Maybe maybe about yay big. Just Give a little take. square of fudge, and we each just took like a nibble. Just, a, off just this I bitch. think we each just took like a like a little tiny corner nibble. Yeah, and we all woke up the next day like I think I'm still fucking stoned, bro. <laughs> like, and we were up all night long. We slept for like nine to ten hours. I don't think we got up until at least noon or one o'clock the next day, and then we decided to like continue to go drinking. Oh no, it was at the hotel. Um, that's right. It was at the hotel. No, that was the Airbnb. Um, was the first the two nights were the Airbnb and then we did the hotel the third night. Oh, right. Uh, the third and fourth. Yeah. No, but that was, uh, we went to great notion from there. Uh, unimpressed. I was not yeah. impressed by great notion. They were okay. I mean, there's, I don't have anything bad to say about them. I just, it wasn't like, 
I know the third third member of our party was excited as fuck about Great Notion, and I was a little underwhelmed. Talk talk about an adjunct heavy beer brewery. Well, I, I was uh, actually talking with a bartender before we came. Uh, I came home for this episode. She actually used to work at Great Notion. Um, oh, and the other one was Modern Times. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, her and I were talking Great Notion and Modern Times. Modern Times was the one I had in my mind when I thought about this episode. I mean, cool brewery as far as aesthetics go, again. And it fits the modern beer, the modern young beer drinker. Yeah. Yeah. Like... But, well, and so that was one thing I was going to bring up about tonight, talking about adjunct heavy beers. As much as we like to joke about them and flick them shit, and, you know, they can be good sometimes if they're done well. I do think they have. They've played a very kind of important role in maintaining our industry that we all reside in just in terms of um i agree with that as much as as much as we might not want to drink them there's a lot of people out there that don't want to drink the super traditional beers and that wouldn't be drinking as much beer if that's all that was available um, oh, and so for the industry to keep making agree. money that you know, if, if there's breweries making beers like that, that keeps money in the industry and that lets us keep doing what we love to do behind the scenes and can't be mad keep at making the beers that we love. You know, this is this is Mount Bachelor selling the day tickets to the tourists so that I can buy a season's pass every year and ski every fucking day of the week without the mountain shutting down. Right? 100%, 100%. So it, it's a necessary evil almost in the world of craft beer. CJ, tag, you're in, bud. um it's it's definitely uh there's definitely a niche that's covered by by people um working on these kind of beers that kind of uh, bring inclusiveness to the to the beverage industry right but there's we all know um how i'm gonna i'm gonna immediately revert to that there there's a there's a negative aspect to it too we we kind of teach people to appreciate something for what it's not yeah. Right. Um, so the, the, there is, I, I, I drink adjunct beers all the time and there's some great ones. There's some fucking great ones, you know, but I also, every time I drink an adjunct beer, every time I make an adjunct beer, I remind myself that um, there are beers that don't need this shit, you know, to do it right. And so it's uh, it's a double-edged sword. I think yeah. the, the kiss of our industry is to, um, to bridge the gap to find ways to bring people into the fold, but also to find ways to say, Hey, that fold is just one dimension of what we're doing. Right. Um, you know, and it, uh, I don't know. Well, I think that's kind of, um, you know, Von Ebert and ecliptic, they both make ridiculously good traditional beers. But so for them to have an adjunct style beer right. out there to bring people in, people can drink this and then want to go check out Ecliptic and taste more yeah. of what they do. Von, Von Ebert is one of the best uh, German breweries right now in the yeah. country, and that's provable. Uh, you know, um, Ecliptic, uh, run by John Harris, he's one of the most iconic brewers in the country right now. So they can have these swings that are not, you know, to the 400 mark. But still, be saying, you know, we're trying to push the industry forward. Um, I think, I think, I think it's really important to look at uh, the techniques we've always known exist in these new um, ideas and try and find middle ground. I don't think it's 
necessarily special for brewers to just jump into the whole like yeah if i buy marshmallow extract and fucking orange extract then i can make a a dreamsicle bar it's like i would rather you not do that i would rather you push yourself forward in terms of the organic ingredients you have and the techniques you have to find something and then once you've really established that then yeah maybe do some weird things later but if you're if you're first starting out make beer and right. see how what you're using affects it. Like we were telling Fred and like he went and did, um, you know, he made his s'more beer with just traditional beer ingredients, which is amazing. And yeah, maybe down the road he can be like, well, maybe I want more chocolate in that. So then I can add a couple cocoa nibs. Um, but to really understand how the basic ingredients can affect that flavor is a hugely valuable skill set. Right. Yeah, I. Without the guys that do all these, you know, adjunct heavy and gimmicky beers, that we wouldn't be able to do the things that we like to do, CJ, because then we would have to be making these gimmicky beers to keep the. Uh, keep the people attracted. Keep the people attracted. So the fact that, like, breweries like Great Notion or Modern Times, even even Founders and Breakside that do all of these um, interesting one-off adjunct-heavy beers, um, we wouldn't be able to do the things of like making a constantly evolving uh, 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 wheat beer or Hefeweizen. Or, yeah. um, we wouldn't be able to do things like Pilsners and Amber lagers and traditional lagers and things like that, because we'd have to spend so much time trying to figure out what uh, the next craze or cliche is going to be that we would be so worried about what that is that we wouldn't have the time to focus on the things that we're good at. Yeah. Well, and you get someone, you know, maybe who lives in Portland who got exposed to beer through modern times and who fell in love with these super juicy, weird IPAs that they make, but then they consider themselves a beer drinker now when they previously didn't. Well, you know, let's say they hop on the train out to the Flathead Valley from Portland and end up walking into Backslope in Columbia Falls. They're not going to walk the fuck back out because you don't have those same crazy adjunct heavy beers because now they're a beer drinker. So they're going to try your beers and maybe they find something new that they love, but it's a great place to start and be more approachable to the people that traditionally don't like you know a fat heavy ipa right as, as, as long as those people are educated that, that that this is one style of beer right this is an individual exactly style of beer that, that there's definitely an important education aspect there right and i think i think one of the most important um things you made made uh, poignant metaphorically is that um you can walk 100 miles in any direction you can find different kinds of beer Right, like that's that, that that is just that is just what the industry demands. Yeah. Is that is you know much much like any other kind of creative aspect is that the farther you go away from your center, the more diverse things you're going to find. Um, we shouldn't be uh, the the biggest thing, and I was kind of excited when we did this episode, you know, to share with people is that don't go to a new new area and pigeonhole them at a trying to describe why you can't find the beers that you like right like they're making the beers they make yeah it's your job 
to kind of find a puzzle piece that you fit into. Well, it's like to bring it to a more, I think, maybe relatable thing. It's like someone who goes out to Hawaii on vacation and has some super fancy tiki cocktail that they absolutely love that, <laughs> you know, they come back home to their local bar in fucking Nebraska and they're like, yeah, I have this blue tiki drink in Hawaii. Can you make that? It's like, what? It's what like, no. That fucking, that's firstly the most vague description ever for a drink. <laughs> Secondly, like you can't expect the same thing in every place you go. And that's a very important thing to keep in mind. Like n- there's going to be differences everywhere. You can't expect a bar in Oregon to ma- be making shit that you'd be getting on a beach in Hawaii. You can't, but similarly, you can't expect to get what you find here in Hawaii. You can't expect a Hawaiian brewing company to make the same beers as you do a Montana brewing company. Um, or, uh, or Portland, or Montana, Portland, Portland or is a North Carolina uh, brewery or Florida, Los Angeles, right? Like, like, yeah, it's going to be different everywhere, but I think these are a really cool style of beer and style of brewing company to, uh, continue craft beer being something that's sustainable and profitable going forward. So we can keep having the beer that we love. hundred <laughs> percent. Just, just really selfishly speaking, I just want breweries to keep making dope ass beer for me. But, (laughs) and that isn't just uh, you know a pigeonhole to one particular brewery. You know, like you're if you want if when you go out and you're looking for a certain thing to drink for that night, you know what breweries you can go to being in Bend, Oregon. Or if you go out the next night and you want something different from the night before, you know where you can go. There are certain breweries that I very specifically go to based on what kind of beer I feel like drinking. Um, that you know, there's uh, if I want more of a traditional style ale uh, or like more you know American traditional ale, Boneyard Brewing, Bridge Ninety Nine, those are my two go tos for sure. If I want something a little bit funky, a little bit different, guarantee I'm gonna go check out maybe Crux that night. Um, there's now a new spot in downtown Bend. It's a brewery out of, uh, Redmond that just opened up their place called the cellar. They do only cask ales, only like true traditional English cask ales. Um, that's pretty, it's, they have, they have six cask poles on tap. They don't have a single regular tap, even in the fucking whole place. Um, you know, and so I know if I want that, I can go there. Um, but I go to different places based on what it is you're looking for food and what kind of beer I'm looking for. If I yeah. want more of a gimmicky style beer, I'll go to silver moon for sure. And there's plenty of days that I'm like, fuck, I just need something juicy and weird and different. Well, that's I'm like, go see what silver moon has on tap. E- even here with the, the limited amount amount of breweries that, that I and we, me and CJ have access to. Like, I know if I want some broad spectrum, like ales, I'll go to Sacred Waters. If I want something a little bit more traditional style, I'll go to KBC. If I want to try the latest crazy concoction that CJ's coming up with, I'm going to go to fucking, I'm going to go to Backslope. You know what I mean? Like I, I, for as, again, we, for as small of a brew community as there is out here, because there's only a half a dozen breweries, like, I know, based on what I want to drink, where I'm going to go. Or if I just want to have a fucking Sierra Nevada, I'm just going to drive up to Whitefish and go to the Remington and hang out for the night. 
You know? Dude, I, I want to be at the REM this weekend so bad. God, I have to pee again. All this big beer. <laughs> God damn it. Son of a... Ah. So, CJ, uh, here's a question for you as a professional brewer. Um, I like I know you tend to make the occasional, you know, adjunct into your beers, and you do some more herbal beers and stuff, and you definitely use adjuncts in your brewing. But if you were, like, if someone tasked you with making a true adjunct-heavy beer, I be it a, like, you know, super dessert porter-style thing, or if you were trying to make a super, like, fruity summer beer – like if you if you were tasked with making an adjunct beer, what what kind of beer do you think you would go for? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I know, yeah, fucking yeah. pop quiz, some bitch. <laughs> uh, I, I I like working a lot with chilies, and I haven't quite figured out a way that I can work with Ooh. them that is different than other people. So, um, I would definitely probably look into that a little bit. Um, you know, speaking um from like a more bartending mixology style standpoint, I I don't feel like I see this a lot in the brewery world, but I feel like something that would work pretty well. Like I do a lot of spicy margaritas actually. Mm-hmm. Right. But I feel like if someone's putting a spice into a beer, they're usually going for the darker beer, but I'd be really curious to right. try like a, um, more pepper or, um, you know, jalapeno-based yeah. Pilsner or something. L- L- Light spice beers be fun. Um, there's the there's always the question of how you get the the adjunct into the beer and um, yeah. It it's it, it, it the, when we get into projects where we're like you know I want to work with outside flavors. It it really comes down to do we trust ourselves to make the right decision? You know, and um, so I trust you. <laughs> when it comes to peppers and things like that especially it's just like we we'll, we'll take the dive when we feel like it's right and we'll we'll go for it you know yeah we'll i feel that happens. thomas i'm gonna throw the same question at you real quick that i just did cj what you got um, just as a brewer um if someone tasks you tomorrow with hey make a fucking hardcore adjunct beer um and I'm I'm talking any range. Like you can go with a adjunct fucking pilsner, like we were just talking about adding like jalapenos in a pilsner or whatever, or like peppers in a pilsner, all the way down to like those super desserty stouts, which I know you have made, you know, some coffee um and cocoa stouts and stuff before. Um what like what would be your next real like hardcore adjunct or like, you know, a super fruity IPA or something? Like what would be the next like adjunct beer that you feel like you'd want to try to make? Uh, there, there is one beer that I've had um, written up for a while, and as soon as I can figure out the proper way to do it, I want to make a pickled lime peel habanero pilsner. I want you to make that, and I want to drink half the keg. A pickled lime peel habanero what? Pilsner. Lager. Right? Lager, right. We've talked about that's this, what right? That's I heard you say, right? Pils- Pilsner's yeah. Pilsner's, <laughs> right. Lager, lager, right. God I want damn it. that. Yeah, so. I my, want that. My, my plan is to. Um, I want to drink that on a river, on an inner tube, <laughs> at like nine in the morning, in the sunshine, when it's a 90 <laughs> degree summer day. And then I want to fucking float down drinking that, and I want to get on the shuttle, ride back to the top of the river, and do that all fucking day long. <laughs> What? God damn it! All right, 
sometime this summer, as soon as I can get my setup uh, back in working order again, what I'd like to do is uh, take some habanero, uh, grill the skins, and oven roast it, try and sweat out some of the capsaicin so it's more of the flavor of the habanero yeah. and not so much the heat. And from there, I want to take... Uh, I want to pickle lime peels because uh, supposedly when you pickle lime peels, they turn into like rock candy, like sweet. They do. Sweet. They're fucking like, good. Sweet rock candy type deals. And I will more than likely follow the uh, traditional styles for lagers, probably use some noble hops, a nice, uh, a nice good clean uh, grain bill. And use the uh, the habanero uh, meat and the pickled lime peels as a uh, either at biotransform or uh, or as a dry hop, and just kind of let that stuff work through, and hope that when I throw CO two on it, that the oils from the pepper don't give me uh, carbonation problems, because I know that certain soluble fats and oils can lead to uh, carbonation problems in the future. Fair. That's my plan. I've had that beer planned for three years and I still haven't gotten around to making it yet because I haven't quite figured out uh, what the, the proper process for doing all of those things in the correct order are. Uh, one of our friends here, Zero Cheesy on uh, Twitch, just asked us, um, "How long ago did we discover our passion for craft beer?" Um, <clears throat> I'll hop in first. Um, Peaches. Firstly, thank you for the question, and thank you for you know interacting with us. That's awesome. It's still weird to me that we can do this in the 21st century, but <laughs> welcome <laughs> um, to the internet. Uh, you know, I grew up in uh, Bend, Oregon, which is a fucking hub for craft beer, obviously. Deschutes Brewery, Cascade Lakes were uh, two of the first ones out here doing it for a long time. And my dad um, used to work at Deschutes for a really short period of time before he opened his own restaurant. But he was also a huge home brewer. And I remember um, as a kid... He'd be brewing his beers at home, and me and my brother would even help him in the bottling process. We'd be putting the caps on with the capper and everything, and I just nice. loved that. And I, I was always, you know, I was raised around craft beer. And um, anytime we go on a family vacation, we'd be going to the local breweries and stuff just so my dad could check it out. And um, for birthdays and stuff, we'd be doing all that type of shit. So, you know, the second I was old enough to really start appreciating and being allowed to drink beer. Um, I actually really, I, I had a hard, I had a hard time drinking beer at first cause my body used to have a super strong natural reaction to bitter. Um, I enjoyed the flavors, but it would always just really fuck with me. Um, but I, I, I just pushed through it and kept drinking beer until I didn't have that reaction anymore. Um, I was in college going to parties and I'd be bringing myself, you know, a fucking six pack of a fucking nice locally crafted IPA and hiding it in the corner. So everyone else is drinking fucking PBR and I'm drinking like these fancy ass craft beers and stuff. That was just always what I was doing. Um, so it was kind of ingrained in me through family and through where I was raised. It was just 
I've, I've lived in a great place, worked at brew pubs since I was in high school. I was a busser at 10 barrel back before they got sold out to uh, a B and they only had one location and craft beer was just kind of in the blood. CJ. Uh, Josh, Josh has such a good story every time he talks about it. It's so fucking good. <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, wait, make, make CJ go first. Um, I got to think of something good. I, uh, I was, I, I've been in restaurants, uh, and have been involved in, in craft uh, product, whether it be food or beverage since I was 18 years old. And that's, I'm coming up on 50% of my life there doing that kind of thing. And, uh, it became a big thing when I started home brewing. And it was just this this idea that you could manipulate flavor um, so freely. Um, you know, uh, brewing was the first industry I jumped into that I had to realize that um, you taper down your restrictions eventually the more you learn about it. Now, like when you cook, the more that you learn, the more you just free yourself from boundaries with brewing. The more you learn, the more you start to actually place boundaries upon yourself and place this very um, kind of sacred uh, uh, rhythm upon yourself to get things done. So I, I got into it in a garage. You know, I got into it just as a, as a, as a means to find new flavor. And um, I stuck with it because seemingly... I was gonna get gonna get ahead faster there than I was gonna be being a cook, but um, you know what, what really what really garnered me to brewing was just this idea that uh, it was kind of the last bastion of flavor where you could you could tell people what you were expecting to do. You know, when when people come into a steakhouse and they say medium rare with fries, they already have an expectation of what they're gonna get. You know, and if you don't meet it, you're done. But when they walk into your brewery, you get to explain to them what a Vienna lager is. You get to explain to them what a, a true East coast IPA is. So beer for me was always this kind of, uh, this Alamo, this last bastion of flavor where it's like, you know what? Meet me on my own ground and I'll, I'll talk to you about what I believe things should taste like. Um, yeah. And that's how I got into it. It was, it was, it was this place yeah. I could just sit there and say, <coughs> This is this is what it's supposed to be, Love that. and and fuck off. You disagree with me, you know, and uh, <laughs> and, and, that, and maybe again, maybe that's why I don't run my own business right there is that mentality. But um, but no. Well, hey, you- honestly, that's my boss's mentality, and he's got one of the most successful bars in downtown Bend. So, <laughs> it, it, uh, my 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 feeling with beer has always been: if you want to taste the flavor that I'm working on, come on into the brewery, and I'll 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 fucking yeah. walk you through everything we're doing. But I'm I'm Love never that. going I'm never going to apologize if you don't like something. If you don't like it, that's that's cool. Like you don't you just don't like it. That's all right. That's you fine. don't have to. Yeah, you don't have that's to. That's like fine. It. This yeah. is what I'm making, and um, beer was the first medium for me where I felt comfortable saying that. You know, I, I yeah. oh man, someone doesn't like my medium rare cooking a burger. Well, gosh, I got I got to fucking apologize. I got to do it again. Yeah, yeah. I got to fucking do it with beer. It's like nope. This is what this is exactly what I intended to make, and if you don't like it, 
that's cool, but I'm not, I'm not going to fix it for you at the table. Like I'm that, not, I'm not here yeah. for your approval. This is the beer that I made. This is my expression. Um, it's the first creative uh, and flavor-based art form where I felt very confident in saying, yeah, I'm going to yeah. do my, I'm going to do it my way. Love that. Uh, so that's how I got into it was just yeah. this, this kind of black hole, this event horizon discovery of like, and you just oh. got sucked in, and now you can't yeah. fucking leave. Now, 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 now I'm just going to do this. Now <laughs> Going through that whole spaghettification <laughs> process as you're getting pulled through aforementioned yeah. black hole across the right, horizon. Right, right, right. You know? It is, it, it is a constant, um, you know, there are days I go home, and I'm like, uh, part of me is like, fuck that guy for saying he didn't like it. And the second thing is like, all right, like I didn't <laughs> like it, so what do I do now? You know? And I feel that, dude. The, the, these, these, these ideas like battle each other every day. Oh, oh well, yeah, I feel that. Yeah. People come into the bar and they like order a specific cocktail, like, you know, a more fancy high end cocktail. I'm like, yeah, I can fucking make that really good for you. They're like, all right, let's try it. And they're like, ah, it's okay. I've had better. And then I spend the rest of the time like, oh, fuck it. What did I mess up? Like, what if, what if they had better? How do I make mine better than that? Like, <laughs> right, right. Well, in that way, but at the end of the day, you make them what you make, and that's. You know, it's, that's it's, how you do it's, it. it's such a reluctant procedure to go ahead and com- keep pushing yourself to do more things. And oh, yeah. at the same time, it's like, well, I, 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 I gotta be different than the next guy. So we, we just gotta keep working. Yep. T E I think you have something on your mind. You want to share? I yeah, do. I, I, I want to ask Josh a quick question and then I will get to my story. So 43. The, yeah. I mean, I know that's the answer. <laughs> what's up god damn that's a good movie um don't forget your towel no 42 is the meaning of life 43 is the answer to whatever you were about to ask my ass wait i thought 43 was the answer to the meaning no of 42 life. 42 how many roads must a man travel 42 42 oh. is also coincidentally um if you put the the word for four and the word for two in Japanese together, and you put that into one word, it also means death. 42 is also in binary code, uh, the symbol for asterisk, which asterisk in coding languages means basically it's just like a open variable. It means whatever you want it to mean. So the meaning of life is whatever it means to you. So 42 is the proper answer. 42 it, is the meaning of life. 43 is just a random number that I spit out to you to answer so your is, question. So is that like tools version of 46 and two? Sure. Because 40, 46 and 1 with the extra chromosome doesn't exactly lend well, but if you have 46 and 2 extra chromosomes. Anyway, so my question, um, and this is uh, a, uh, 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 a bit of feedback here from Zero Cheesy again from Twitch. He, wants, yeah. he says that a really good cocktail can, or a really good beer can beat any cocktail in his in his mind. Now, as a bartender, being that you serve beer and make cocktails, do you agree, disagree, or do you find that there's a, a complex a complexity in differences between the two? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a vastly different world, and it really just boils down to who you're serving that night, right? Like, uh, for some people who are, you know, hardcore beer aficionados, but they don't like hard liquor, um, Obviously, a beer is going to beat out um, a whiskey cocktail or a vodka cocktail any night of the week. Um, 
there's some people who have allergies to things in beers, and so they can't drink beer, but they want to go out and have a drink. So obviously a vodka cocktail is going to be a really great answer for them. Uh, there's some people that like a little bit of everything, and sometimes it just kind of depends on what you want that day. Like for me, I love beer and I love cocktails. Um, and there's like there's certain times, certain days where I just want to be sipping on beer all afternoon but there's other days where fuck that give me a vodka soda on a patio and i'm gonna be a happy man and right. way happier than i would be with a beer 100 um, so i i don't think there's like one end all solution um but i also think if you say a beer will beat a cocktail any day of the week you need to find yourself some better bartenders because sometimes uh, you get a damn good old-fashioned uh on the right day when you're God, in the right I love mood a good and that's that's going to beat out whatever beer you're about to taste. You know, if it's like that day and you're celebrating your best friend just getting engaged and it's not the bachelor party yet, but you just wanted to go out the night that she said yes and treat him to a cocktail. God damn, you better be buying a fucking old fashioned instead of a beer. And if you can't find a bartender that makes you an old fashioned that you like, well, that's just a fucking problem. <laughs> that's, that's just a goddamn problem. <laughs> then you better come down to J-Dub and see me instead. Yeah, right. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, I've gone back to this uh, this pina colada beer that I was trying earlier. Oh yeah! And now that it's warmed up a little bit, I get a, a, a lot more of the coconut in it now than uh, than earlier. Uh, but uh, like, I, I took a sip and I closed my eyes, and all I can see and smell is the hot island bartender. Mmm. And that's another factor, right? Like, if you're drinking a pina colada from a hot babe on an island bar, I'd rather watch her make me a pina colada than pour me a beer on tap. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's that's a hundred percent the truth. That's a hundred percent the truth. That's a hundred percent the truth. Can't argue yeah. with that. All right. So now let, um, let me let me get into my story about yeah, Thomas. Um, tell us about how you got into craft beer. Let the, me go the, get the craft beer stuff, craft beer. and then I I think we're gonna wrap this up afterwards. I think so. Um, my Introduction to craft beer came as a bless you. Bless you. It came as a as a younger kid. Um, there was always some sort of craft beer in uh, the fr- the fridge growing up. Um, my dad's friend, uh, who was a micro brew connoisseur back in like the late '80s and early '90s, um, right as you know the craft beer scenes really started to explode here in the states. So there was always there was always something different, and he was always drinking something different, and talking about his opinions, and I got away from it for a, a number of years until I was, oh, I don't know, in in my early thirties, and uh, a girl I was dating at the time asked me if I wanted to make a, a homebrew, like just uh, a kit, um just just some one-off beer that uh that that she uh that she wanted to make and i was like yeah sure i'm absolutely down with that um so so we got around to to making a beer and i immediately from the first time that i met the the process of making beer um I was immediately in love, even though it was a kit that we made on the stove and it was a beer in a bag and all this other bullshit. But I knew that there was 
something in the future for me because I am a very uh, process and analytical driven person and mathematical and all that other shit. And over the, the course of time, e even though we split up, I knew that there was something about what was going on that I really enjoyed doing. And after we split up, uh, I took some time off to not have to worry about anything that was associated with her. And I was like, no, 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 I, 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 I'm good at this. I know I can do this. And I ended up working for a, a homebrew shop shortly thereafter. And I got to use their process and do more research and more research and more research. And then after doing things at home and experimenting on my own and having really good uh, teachers and uh, uh, influencers and um, CJ, as a matter of fact, like every, every time I go to make a new brew, I, I don't, I don't necessarily always come to you, but I talk to you about what I'm doing and you give me feedback about what I'm doing and how I'm going about doing it. That just like propels my fucking OCD, ADD, ADHD brain into overdrive thinking about how I can do it better, how I can do it different, how much more I still need to learn. And that that's the one thing, like there, there, there's so many things that you can learn that you eventually end up like running out of things to learn. There are still so many aspects to beer brewing that haven't even been uh, thought about and, and touched upon yet that there's no way that me and you as brewers, whether it be professional or home, that we will ever stop learning about our craft. There's always going to be some new science, some new report, uh, right. some, some new way to do things, you know, whether it's, you know, throwing your hops in at biotransform, you know, doing your, your 60, 30, 15 uh, typical hop profile through, through your boil, um, you're, again, your biotransform. Do you, how much do you want to add in your dry hop? How many do you want to add in uh, in, in a barrel? Like, the, the, it's it's a never-ending learning process, and that is what Agreed. keeps me attracted to it. It's it's the same thing with me for doing sound, because no matter how many times I mix the same band in the same venue, it's never the same twice. And beer is the nope. exact same way. I can uh, bartend every single night of the week, and it's never going to be the same. Yeah. Got to love that. Well, I think on that note, um, yeah, let's, probably about uh, time to wrap up. Yeah, let's let's wrap this up. And uh, I know the people can't find you anywhere, CJ. But nope. Josh. He's a ghost. I'm a ghost. Josh, tell them where to find you. Tell them where to find, find you. 
Find me on all the fucking places. You can find me on the Viking Peaches on Instagram, aka Josh Saran Photography on Facebook. You can find me at Josh Saran on Facebook. Whoops. You can find me at Josh Reports on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And you can find me at Project Enjoy Every Day on Instagram and Facebook. I've got a clothing company. I do local snow reports, and I take photos. I do all sorts of shit, and it's all fun, all good times. And uh, you should come and check it out and hang out sometime. So, if you're looking for the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at final.gravity.podcast. You can find me at cousin underscore T. And if you want to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash finalgravitypod and give us your fucking feedback. Guys, we will catch you next time. Thank you for joining us. Ow!